Very warm greetings to all in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now, we've been studying this particular aspect of the character of one who is a truce breaker. Tonight, we continue with it. Let us turn to God in prayer. Eternal God, our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we bow before you once again, seeking afresh the cleansing and washing in the blood of our Saviour. Lord, we acknowledge we have sinned against you in many ways in the day, in our thoughts, our actions. Lord, we pray that you show to us, Lord, that we always be sensitive to them. Forgive us as we seek to bear the fruits of repentance. And Lord, we come asking that you remove all tiredness of the body. Lord, help us to understand the characteristics that Lord, we need to avoid as Christians. In these perilous times, Lord, that we can always live lives that would truly reflect who our Saviour is, instead of reflecting the ways of the world in our homes, in our friendships, and especially in the church. So be with us. May your Holy Spirit be our teacher. Lord, work in our hearts. Establish our faith to walk with you. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last week we saw this meaning of truce breaking. Truce breaking, well, obviously, is breaking promises. We give our word, but we break them. We make promises, we don't keep them. We say things without the intentioning, without the intention of following through. Now, the Christian must never be like that. At work, in school, at home, in church. Of all the people on earth, Christians must be covenant keepers because our God is a God of covenant. We must reflect that characteristic. Breaking covenant, breaking our word is ungodly, satanic, right? The contrary to God's character. So if you say, I want to be godly, you must be very conscious very aware, very honourable. Whenever you say something, be very conscious and keep it. Don't take saying things to others lightly. All right? So that is very important. The world do not care about these things. The world, in fact, feels that, you know, if I can get away with it, I will say anything. Just say it first. Get my job first. Um, get, my, get this product first. Um, get them to do something for me first then worry about not keeping what I said later on. As long as I get what I want, I don't intend to keep my words. Are you like that at home, young ones? Daddy and mommy is on your back for you to do your homework, do some household chores, just to get them off your back. Okay, okay, I'll do this. I'll do this after I, do, after I finish this. Well, you don't keep your word or you actually never intended to do it. This is the characteristic of the people of the world, young ones. That's, you must not grow up being like that because when you come out to the world to work, you will be so used to such behaviours. Right? Same for adults. Be a man of your word. Be a woman of your word. Take your word as your honour. Right, your covenant, my word is good enough. Even if I don't sign anything with you, I will keep my words. All right? Even if it means I make a loss 
even if it means I end up with the bad end of the deal. But I've said it, I will keep it. All right, we must be like that because God says in perilous times, this is one of the characteristics even of Christians. Then the second part, very quickly, is now it's about people who well, may not intentionally break bonds, uh, break their words, their promises. Um, there are people who just simply are not interested to be under any covenant. All right? This is the meaning of the word. Don't be misled by the word truth breaker. Because you say, I did not make any covenant, I did not make any agreement, so if I don't do it, then I'm not breaking anything, right? That's not the meaning of the word, all right? The meaning of the word is people who you can't get them to be in agreements because they are not interested. They don't feel that agreements are important in life. I gave you an example last week. Today, the most common example is people want to be in a relationship, but they do not want to get married. It's so common. All right? People say, I'm happy to start a relationship. I'm even happy to have your child and live together with you, but I don't like to be tied down. At any one point of time, I like to be able to change my mind. Right? So God says, this is the behavior of people of the world, and Christians will also behave like that. If you're someone who don't like to be under bonds, under, under any form of agreement, because you like to be able to just change your mind and don't have to be under any commitment to anyone, you are exhibiting this behavior, this meaning of this word, truth breaker. Now, I'm not saying that we, we should not think carefully when we sign contracts, when we sign bonds, when we, in fact, in the Bible, we are constantly warned about being someone's um, guarantor. You read the book of Proverbs. Think very carefully. Now, I'm not saying that we um, must sign contracts, sign bonds in everything. Think carefully. Unless you intend to keep it at all costs, don't sign. This is not talking about this kind of carefulness, all right? We are talking about you just don't like any commitment to your words, all right? So that is the second thing. Now, this week, we learn the third aspect of this word. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, please. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Now, you see this list that God uses for unbelievers, all right? Very similar list to us. We have imbibed their behaviors. We must be careful. Now, let's read verse 31 together. Reading. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Now, this word implacable here is the same word, the same Greek word as what we find in our memory verse, truth breakers, all right? Same word, implacable. So tonight we want to study this other meaning, this other aspect of truth breaking. What is implacable? What is implacable? Now, implacable means you cannot be placated. You say, big help, it doesn't help. You cannot be pleased. You cannot be pacified. All right? 
People cannot placate, placate you. I should have checked how to pronounce it. So you're implacable. You cannot be pacified. So how is someone a truce breaker? A truce breaker is someone when you are someone who cannot be pacified. You cannot be pleased, no matter what. You cause the break of peace. Truth breaking is peace breaking. Understand that. So when you break a covenant, when you break a promise, you are actually breaking peace. You must understand that. So another way of understanding truth breakers is you cause problems in the area of peace. You cause unrest. Implacable. Now, maybe a picture would help. Parents, you understand. Well, singles, you've seen this in shopping centres or your, in your nephew and nieces or at playground. A child wants something. Maybe a child wants to go on the swing. Right? The parents say, no, it's not safe for whatever reason. Or in a shopping centre, the child wants a certain toy in the aisle. The, the aisle. I want this. Right? The parents say, no. What will they do? Or your child say, I, I want to pick up these things. I want to play with these things. I want to climb. Say, no. What do they do? They sit on the floor and then they, they kick their feet and then they scream and scream and cry. No tears. <laughs> right? Some are very good. Tears will come out as well. But you know, it's fake. You do it because you're implacable or the child does it because it's implacable. It, it refuses to be pacified until it gets its way. All right? So before parents, you... You want to go back and explain this to your child? Well, God writes here to the adults. Christians will be truth breakers. Christians will be implacable as adults also. So this is an idea where um, you will take on unreasonable behaviours with your spouse, with your children, with your parents, or in church. And you cannot be appeased. Right? The other way is appeased. They cannot bring peace between you and them. So this is one of the meaning. Now the other one is this. Is basically this whole thing about implacable is, is also unforgiving. Unforgiving. You have to ask yourself, do I have this characteristic? I don't, I don't pout, I don't kick around and I don't show, show a black face when I am not pleased. But now there's an unforgiving spirit because you refuse to forgive to make peace. That is what it is. Because once you forgive, forgiving is to, is to then have reconciliation between you and another party. But someone who is implacable is not interested in having peace. And it stems from an unforgiving spirit, all right? So it, the person will be full of bitterness and malice. There is no peace, no truth, because of pride. When you memorize the list, you know, before this, God talked about lovers of pleasures, God talked also about pride, boasters, proud, boasters. You see, the pride in us causes us to be peace breakers. The pride in us makes us people who, when even someone comes to ask for forgiveness, you're not someone who's interested in peace. Hmm. 
You continue to hold grudges. Now, maybe you will only have peace. You can be placated. You can be appeased if the person apologizes to you. But this is a case where you, you, you are wrong. All right? You are wrong. And even proven clearly that you are wrong. You expect people to come and ask you for forgiveness. That is the pride. And even if someone f- apologizes because he was wrong, and you outwardly say, oh, okay, 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 okay. You continue to hold a grudge. Right? You still do not forgive in your heart. We must examine ourselves. Are we like that at work? People who hold a grudge never let waters be under the bridge, even after years. Now, there are people who are like that. Today, I just read. This, this man desecrates the grave of his ex-wife, right? Does horrible things. The children wonder why is there always this, the, the grave is desecrated. They put a camera there and they found that the father, after, I don't know, a decade or something like that, early in the morning goes to the grave to desecrate the grave. See, this is this kind of spirit. Well, we may not do that outwardly, right? But inwardly, always looking at the side of the eye, unforgiving. When offended, you will take note, you will hold on to it. Christians should never be like that. Next one, all right? Irreconcilable. Alright, irreconcilable. What is that? You're not interested in reconciling with others. Now this, you say, how is this different from unforgiving? No one has offended you, alright? But you're just not interested in reconciling your views with someone else's views. They did not do anything against you personally. But person has a certain view. Well, maybe that view is a view that, that offends you, that, that, that you're not, that it's not of your personal preference. But basically, it's, it's always your way. You're not interested, maybe at home, all right? The, how things are run at home must always be what, the way you want it, to every detail. Someone else prefers it another way. You won't reconcile to that. You're not interested. You're not interested in finding peace in the home. There are people who are like that, right? They even seem to thrive in in chaos. In fact, when there's peace, they have to dig up something, find something to be unhappy about or to bring up. So they just like that, that tension, conflict all the time. They just do something and then when there's, when there's problems, then in their heart they feel quite happy. Right? I actually have known of people like that at work. Right? It's in every meeting, they just like to stir tension. And then they just feel like, oh, when there's tension, it's exciting. Now, people, are you someone like that where your irreconcilable means 
you, you, you do not want to hear other people's opinions or views. You're not interested. You've already made up your mind what you want, how you want things. In church, for example, you're not interested to come to hear the reason why church takes certain direction. You're not interested to hear um, explanations. I don't want to hear explanations. Actually, I just feel that if it's not this way, it's wrong. That's all. Irreconcilable people are not interested in coming to the table. You know, it's coming to the table. You say, you know, you're very unhappy, you have this problem. We say all the time, if you have a problem, go to the church leaders, talk to them. But they won't come to the table to talk. You call them, you even chase them in church, look for them, try to get them to talk. What is the problem? Irreconcilable means they, they are not interested in reconciling. They're not interested in forming peace between you or between them and the church. To them, is, peace is, is, is uh, unimportant, all right, unimportant. You're not interested in solving problems. Are you like that at home? As a Christian, father, mother, husband, wife, child, Irreconcilable means, well, there is a disagreement in the home or in the church. You just do not want, all right? You, no matter what people try to explain uh, and say to you, you want only one thing, all right? You won't reconcile to other people. You only want one thing, and that one thing is, are you on my side? Are you on my side or not? If you're not taking my side, then I'm not interested in talking to you. Do you take my view? If you don't take my view, then you're my enemy. Then you try to explain. I'm not interested in hearing. There's only one view and there's only one side to this, to this thing. Now then, sometimes there are people who are like that and this is where homes break up. Spouse is not interested in peace. Spouse is only interested in getting my way. And when there's an argument, even if I'm wrong, I simply want you to apologize. I cannot step down and say I am wrong. Now, this is, I think, a very common thing in marriages. Well, we are exhibiting truth breakers' behavior. Now then, there is another one. Okay, there is cannot get along peacefully with others. Now, the, the nuances are very close, but I'm trying to split them up so that you, you and I examine ourselves. In other words, you're impossible to get along with. Have you met people like that? Very difficult to get along with. Now, this, are, this is a bit different from, well, it's very similar to irreconcilable, but I want to bring out this fine detail. It is this. You simply 
do not or won't allow differences to exist peacefully. There are people who are like that, right? There can't be differences. It's very similar to you, it's, it's only my way. But even if after, or I put it this way, um, you cannot be challenged, you cannot be questioned, right? And once you are asked anything, right? Daddy, why? Or, or, your, or your wife asks you why? Or your husband asks you why? You simply feel like the moment you ask means, means you're challenging me, right? Whether the, the, the opinion has come up or not, when it comes to irreconcilable, you won't hear explanations, you won't hear views. For this, is, I just cannot be, I cannot be challenged at all. Now, I hope none of us are like that at work. Now, I'm not saying that if people constantly are troublemakers, all right, we must have wisdom. There are sometimes we have to ignore these people, whether it's at work, in church, and all that. There are endless um, things that they're trying to cause, problems that they're trying to cause in church. Sometimes it comes to a point where we just have to ignore them, all right, and not answer. I mean, for example, people ask sometimes, you know, if, if someone, like in church, people like to write poison letters, right, secret letters. They write to other people or they write to the pastors or the church leaders and, and um, criticize and, um, uh, and uh, attack without any basis and just say all sorts of bad things, okay? Now, sometimes people ask, should we publicly go and uh, deal with it? Now, the principle is no, right? We are, we are not being um, implacable. I mean, address it, no. Because the moment you do, it gives them the idea that I can keep writing secret letters. These people don't sign off, obviously, right? They don't sign their names, they just want to attack without any responsibility and, and can say anything without being challenged, right? So, should we answer them? No, because once you do, you're giving them the platform to, to feel that these unsigned letters or not signed, unnamed letters will get credibility, will be answered. But the reality is these people who write, they are implacable, right? They are the ones who are implacable. To them, whenever they see there is any difference that exists, they will attack. Now, the other one is this. You cannot accept it when you're wrong. All right? I know it's similar. You cannot accept things when you are wrong. Implacable. You will not have peace. You will not be happy. Even if you're proven wrong. Am I implacable? Am I someone who's, even if I'm proven wrong somewhere in my heart, I know I'm wrong. My wife told me this, or my husband told me this, or my, child, my children told me this. My Christian friend at church tells me this, or the church leader tells me an error or weakness or sin that I have, or I made a mistake. You cannot accept it. Now, I remember once someone, when I was doing a Bible study, 
Someone challenged me and said, no, that is not true. I say, why do you say it's not true? Um, and I wrote a pastoral on it before that. I said, what you wrote is wrong. I said, why do you say it's wrong? I, I've done my research. Um, I've, taken a, I've taken courses on it from the, the universities to be very sure that what I write about, it, about what they teach about this topic is unbiblical. Remember, I wrote the pastoral on, on um, yin and yang, right? It caused a lot of unhappiness among the very traditional um, elderly. And they challenge, you know, you're wrong. I'm a Chinese, I know Chinese history. I say, well, well I thought so too. I thought, I thought the same way as you. I say, and I took courses from the China University, the top universities there, that the whole world looks, looks to them. And from the course, this is, this is what they state. They say, it's not true, my friend, Right? My friend teaches this course. I say, well, okay, my friend teaches this course in Singapore University. I say, all right. Then we go to the website now. All right? After the Bible says, let's log into the website now and look at it. I can guarantee you that they teach the same errors. And Christians cannot accept this. Right? That the universe has, has forces. No, the, it's God that is ruling. It's not these this forces. Finally, we logged on, and I went to the, to the curriculum, and the first statement says the same thing. Well, will people want peace? We say, oh, I didn't know. Well, Pastor, yes, you're right. You know, then we should stop, stop propounding this, these things. But instead, the person continued to remain angry, and from then on, our friendship our relationship, everything just went downhill. And from then on, lots of problems. The person has left, obviously. So we, when we are people who are like that, God says we are implacable. Even when truth is in our face, we cannot accept it. Now then the next one. Hostile. When pointed out that you have broken agreement. Hostile. Implacable people are not just people that hold it in, all right? This implacable means you will actually be hostile. It's not just silent bitterness. Whenever you're pointed out that you've broken agreement or broken promises or you're affecting peace, all right? I separate out the three areas. Broken agreement is... There is a proper agreement, maybe like membership vows, all right? Maybe your marriage vows. Maybe your citizenship vows, all right? These are clear agreements. Promises. Promises are, well, it may not be written in black and white, but it's very clear, all right? You made a promise. Now, the third one is affecting peace. There may not be open agreement. There may not be promises made. But what you are doing is affecting peace. And then you're told. You're told that. Right? So is there, is there certain um, written agreement about how we behave in church about certain things? Certain things are not there. But what you do, what you're doing, will eventually cause problems in the church. And then once you're pointed out, you become hostile. You get mad at people for trying to tell you that you're affecting 
peace. You know, it's very amazing to me that sometimes you read in papers, noisy neighbors, all right? 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and they're partying. The music is, is extremely loud. They're screaming, shouting, all right? Disturbing the peace. Then the police comes, right? The police comes, and instead of feeling bad, feeling guilty, they challenge the policemen. They all gang up, throw things at the police car, beat up the policemen. And that's why sometimes when some very noisy neighbors, some rental neighbors down another, another area is very noisy, um, it's very scary to go and confront them. One of the church members told me, I said, oh, I said, well, neighbors were very noisy. I said, well, what did you do? So I said, well, late, early in the morning, I, I walked, I put on my what cold, I walked over them, my slippers, and looked at them. I said, wow, you're very brave. Because that's how implacable people are, right? They are wrong. And when, you're, when, you, talk, when you point them out and you tell them to change, they get mad at you. Now, are we like that? Are we like that? Maybe sometimes you buy something from a shop. You are wrong, all right? They are right. But you get angry. You argue. You become unreasonable. Now, what about church membership vows? What about church membership vows? You vow to keep the peace. You vow not to introduce problems in doctrines, in, um, in interpersonal relationship. I forgot to bring the vow. Now, it's basically maintaining peace in doctrines, all right? Maintaining peace in, in church, church directions, church um, um, rules. And then the third one, maintaining peace, interpersonal peace. So there are three areas that you vow to. Well, this coming um, membership vows, those of you who forget, listen to the vows carefully. Theology, doctrines, church, administration, church directions, and interpersonal fellowship. You vowed that. Have you kept them when you're pointed out that, look, what you're doing is going to cause interpersonal problems? Or what you're doing is bringing in divisive doctrines that are contrary to the beliefs? What happens when you're pointed out? Implacable people, instead of saying, well, you know, I... Um, I don't quite agree that, you know, but I will see your point of view that this may cause future problems in doctrines, in church direction, in interpersonal um, problems in the church. Because I took a vow that even if I don't fully agree, well, I will maintain the peace by refraining from saying these things or doing these things. Now, you must understand why Paul had to bring this up to, to Timothy, because many church unrest is because of that. Now, in other words, decisions have been taken. Decisions have been taken. After discussion, after everything then, explanations have been given whether it's a church direction or whether it's an issue that, that is in church or may, may occur in church, all this explain and agree. Now, 
Others realize you cannot please everyone. I hope this is something we learn. We can't please everyone. Not everyone's views and preferences are going to be met. Whether it's, it's personal, whether it's, it's um, overall church direction, all right? Well, the non-truth breakers, after the solution or the direction is agreed upon, will live with it, all right? Will live with it. All right, actually, I really struggle with this, but all this discussion already and all this long explanation given, I will live with it. That's how we should be. And then moves along peaceably with the, with the decision, with the direction, or with the instruction. Live with it and move. Live with it means, means you don't fully agree still. All right? But a peacemaker is someone who, as long as this is not doctrinally wrong, all right? or it is um, against God's word. Now, even so, you're not supposed to disrupt the peace. You're supposed to deal with it correctly. If you still find that the church wants to go in the direction which you feel is unbiblical, the doctrines are unbiblical, you leave the church, right? That's the way to do it. So you live with it and you move with it and let it be, be, be so. We have made some very difficult decisions in this church when we move to English and Chinese congregation. Now, I know some struggle, all right? They want to be with their, with their grandparents, with their parents in the same congregation and so on. But after, after weeks and months of explanation in church about the direction in detail, talking, then they struggle. They struggle still. You call them up for lunch, sit down with the family, go to their home, explain. Now, some, after, sometimes they, they say, yeah, Pastor, actually, I struggle with it, but, but I can see, I can see, I can see that it makes sense, all right? may not make best sense for my situation, but it makes sense overall. And then they just live with it and they move. They move. Now, but the implacable ones, they will continue to cause problems. They will continue to debate, campaign, criticize the decision, and act contrary to it when others have moved on. We also have the same things. I still recall this implacable person. You see, then I be, when I studied, I began to realize this happens in church all the time. Are we one of them? kept coming to me and said, you know, Pastor, a lot of people don't like this, you know, especially this family and that family. They, they are really suffering, and I think they are going to leave, all right? So I said, all right, thanks for informing me. I said, what about you? I, I'm okay, I'm okay, all right? But keeps bringing it up. So I called up the family, went to visit them, talked to them. <clears throat> Surprisingly, the family said, you know, Pastor, we, my family has moved on with it. We don't even talk about it anymore. We've moved on. But you know what, Pastor? This person, whenever this person sees me, will find opportunities to ask me, how do you feel about this? What do you think about this? Then I say, I don't want to talk about this. It's, it's, it's the, it's, we, we are living with the decision and we are moving on already. We are supporting the church direction. It's this person that keeps going on to agitate, to ask. 
And I said, but the person told me that you're, you're thinking of leaving. He said, no, no, no. I, I thought about what, you, what we are doing in church. And then I remember my church in the U.S. Actually, what, you, what you're doing here is correct because we face the same problem there and the children grew up and they left the church. I said, yeah, I, I, when I think about it, it makes sense. But this person keeps coming back to, to try and ask me, why don't you talk to pastor? Why don't you talk to pastor? Then the person said, but I don't need to talk to pastor. These are implacable. We have to ask ourselves, are we like that? Now, this is always the biggest problem in church. Paul says, please warn the people. There will be implacable Christians, truth breakers, people that will break peace in the church. They're relentless, right? Then the last one. They cannot be convinced to stop hostility. They cannot be convinced to stop hostility. Actually, before I go there, right? Before I go there, about this thing about um, hostile when pointed out. Husband, are you like that? Your wife points out your marriage vows, right? That you have not kept in any aspect. How do you respond? Maybe your, vow, your wife reminds you, well, you know, you took vows to be a godly husband, to lead the family in the ways of the Lord, but you have not, right? You're always wanting to skip church. You're not interested in studying the Word. You're not doing family worship. We are suffering, you know. What happens to you? Offended, pride, wounded. Always saying, I, I'm very good, you know. What, what are you saying? Hostile. Then you become hostile. A peacemaker is someone who reconciles. It's true. When I think about it, you're right. Now I got to reconcile what I was wrong in. I, got to, I need to reconcile and to change. Or maybe spouse or maybe wife. Always acting like the head of the home. Uh, would not submit. Your husband prefers certain things or certain ways. That's not sinful. That would be better spiritually for the family, but you will not submit. You still must do what you want to do, your way. And every time the topic comes up, you become hostile. To the point where husband says, ah, better don't bring this up. Every time I bring this up, it's about the Third World War at home. No, actually, it's, I think it's about the Seventh World War already in my house. Right? Hostile. Now, we think of our child behaving like that. But are we also? So God says, this is what it is, at home or in church or between friends. Your Christian brethren tell you, actually, you should not do that. You should not be like that. You should not behave this way. You should not say that. You've got to stop this. It's going to affect the peace in church. You become hostile. My way, you're not taking my side, is it? You're not taking my side? Then you become very hostile to the person. Then the last one, all right? So, cannot be convinced to stop hostility. So not only you will become hostile, you, you cannot be placated. You cannot be appeased. You cannot be, you cannot be stopped, convinced to stop. You just cannot behave. Cannot accept. Cannot live with. And then you start to do things. Like I mentioned just now, now, some people are incapable of moving along and living with things and moving along. And then the next thing they'll do is 
They will use other issues, other issues to stir problems because they know that, well, everyone is moving on on this. I'm the odd one out. Or I have been proven wrong, right, whether privately or publicly, and I, ca I can't take it. I don't like it. But everyone is moving on in this matter, so what I do? What do I do? I use other issues as a cover. I use other issues as a cover for the underlying unhappiness that I have. Sounds familiar? Do we do that, children? Right? Daddy and mommy don't let you watch certain TV programs. Okay? You know you can't do anything about it. Then you pick other things to scream about at home. Well, adults, we do that too, right? Ours is more refined and more sophisticated, that's all. In church, at home, right? You're unhappy about something, but you pick on your wife's cooking or you pick on your husband's um, um, whatever. Pick on his, the way he talks, whatever, all right? Now, all these are part of implacable behaviors. You just don't want to reconcile. You do not, you're not interested in peace. You only want things your way. And if you're offended, if you're proven wrong, all right, you just cannot take it. And you will keep causing problems. As I mentioned just now, you begin to act contrary. We still have this in church. Very sad. Very painful. Very, very painful. Directions are taken. Speak to them in person. They've agreed. And then behind the scene, they do the opposite. Sometimes they purposely do it in front of you. Repeatedly, 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 and see when you will react. It's very sad. These are implacable behaviors. Know that, all right? So parents, while you look at your child and say, see the child doing all this to irritate us, all right? On purpose. But we are like that with our spouse. We are like that in church. You're like that with friends. So these are implacable behaviors. Go around stirring problems, right? Stirring other problems. But I think the worst is really you make agreements spoken to in person, but you do it on purpose to irritate others. So they're bent, all right? They're bent on hostility. You try to reason with people. You try and reason with them, try to explain, but they're not interested in listening. Even when they sit down listening, they're not listening. Are you like that? Am I like that? We have to be very careful. You're trying to explain to your wife. You're trying to explain to your husband. But they're bent, bent on just being hostile, bent on doing things to break the peace. Now, I want to say this. There are many things in a relationship, whether it's in marriage, singles between friendships, or in church, there are many things where there are no agreements, no black and white. There are many things that are no verbal promises even. But just like in the home, there are things that are known to be agreements. So, Pastor, what do you mean? Now, let me ask you, husband and wife, there are many things. Oh, don't use husband. Siblings, siblings, all right? Siblings. There are many things that are un unspoken, but one thing is clear. As siblings, we should get along. As siblings, we should 
care for one another. As siblings, we should not be... Um, not irritate and try to agitate one another. As siblings, we should try to see other points of view and get along in the home and not cause problems at home. This is an unspoken understanding. Is there black and white? Is there black and white? Daddy, where's the black and white? Is it in my birth certificate that I must get along with my, my, my sibling? It's not on my birth certificate, right? See, implacable behaviours. They are unspoken but known acceptable behaviors in church as well. So don't always go by, oh, there's no black and white. I didn't promise you. But it's known. The peace of the church, the peace of the home depends on whether you are a truth breaker or a peace maker. That is what it is. Now please know that breaking truths, causing harm, it's a demonic characteristic. Why? Satan would not submit to God because of his pride. He don't care what he does. He will drag angels with him to hell. He will, call, he will disrupt heaven. When cast down to earth, he will make sure he will destroy the peace between God and men. He is bent on causing problems. It's a demonic behavior. When he makes a covenant with Israel, he's a covenant breaker. He will break it in the middle of the seven years of tribulation. He is a peace breaker. He's a truce breaker. He's a covenant breaker. It's a demonic behavior. Demonic behavior of hellbound, like Satan. I will risk anything. Even if I go to hell, I will fight this. So if you're someone who actually cannot be a peace, you're not someone who looks for peace. Whenever there's a problem, I come to the table to find peace. No, I come to the table to fight for my way. No, I come to the table to, even if I'm wrong, I come to the table to find how I can cover this up and, and, and not be embarrassed and make you embarrassed. So truth breakers are people who are not interested in coming to find ways to have peace. To, when I have disagreement, when I don't like something at home or in church, the first thought in my mind is, how can I learn to live with this and go along and bring peace? Rather than, how can I do something that can cause people to also be unhappy and take my side. Truth breakers are people, I say again, if you are not on my side, if you don't agree with me, you're my enemy and you'll hold that grudge and you'll be bent, finding all sorts of excuses to attack the person or to cause problems in the home or in the church. Are you like that with your sibling? Are you like that towards your parents, towards your child? Parents, the Bible says, provoke not your children to wrath. If your child points out something, how will you respond when you are wrong, when you're unbiblical, when you have not been a godly father? How would you respond? All right, so ultimately, truth breakers 
I think I said last week, are the best candidates, are the perfect tools in Satan's hand to break up homes, to break up friendships. And his ultimate aim is always to try and prevail against the church, to break up the church. If you are someone like that, I urge you, I urge you at home, between friends, in church especially, this is written to the church. Learn to be someone who lives with things and moves with things peacefully. Unless it's unbiblical, doctrinally erroneous, then find the peaceful way to deal with it. All right? Let us turn to God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, O Lord, we are so fearful of this behavior. It is not just breaking our promises, breaking our promises to you, but it is, Lord, this spirit of unforgiveness, of being unable to be appeased, cannot be placated. And Lord, there is bent on hostility unless we get our ways. Father, search our hearts. And Lord, we pray that we are not people who are like that. Maybe outwardly we don't we do not behave like that, but the hostility is always simmering in us. Cannot be, the flame cannot be put out. We cannot be appeased. Oh, Father, make us peacemakers. We ask and pray this for the sake of your church. In Jesus' name, amen.